0: Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. As usual, let's just relax, put away anything that's bothering you or that's on your mind. Write it down, get it out of there. Put it on your to-do list or ignore list. And just remind yourself that God is right there, that you're in him, that everything we're doing here is for our purpose. It's for our good here on this earth. And we are to enjoy the process. We are to enjoy being in him, being with him. Because it's being in him, that's where we get all of our needs met. Now, a lot of times we think that, okay, you know, getting all our needs met means there's no stress, means there's no questions, there's no, you know, no mountains to climb, no stumbling blocks. We have all the answers and, you know, we're back in that garden but even in that garden, Adam and Eve had work to do. There's something about whatever it is that God has created us to be, spirit, soul, and body, that needs to, in order to function properly, be about some kind of business. Now, that business can be anything. It can be about, you know, doing your daily tasks well raising a family, being in business, coming up with a new, you know, product or uh, anything. But we don't do well just sitting there doing nothing. That's the reason prison is prison. You can only not do something for so long until it really starts to take its toll on your physical body and in, on your mental state. and We're here to interact with our environment. This is, we've spent quite a bit on evaluating the three realms, the natural realm and the supernatural realm and the spiritual realm. We're really, but we're still only really familiar with the natural realm. And we look to, like Paul in the New Testament, where he's describing warfare as a way to approach getting to know the other environments. Now, salvation, having our spirit reinstated into our being, that happened in the spirit realm, and spirit. When we say spirit realm, it's hard to. It's not the equivalent of the supernatural realm and the natural realm, because in the spirit, the supernatural realm and the natural realm exist in the spirit. These are things our our mind can't comprehend, or our brain, or our heart, even. So, But the supernatural realm is an interim passage between the natural realm that we have some level of understanding and the spirit realm. And I suspect that we aren't going to even get a glimpse of what the spirit realm is like until we've experienced the supernatural realm we've become very comfortable in the natural environment and yet that's not our existence that's not where we live that's not this is not our home and yet this is how we communicate this is how we relate to one another and often how we terms that we understand that are natural to relate to the supernatural in the spiritual realm. this is you know so so often you know we talk about the parables that that Jesus shared it was it was a like as this is like the the, the kingdom of God is like eternal life is like this. it's because we there are no words to describe what it is truly like other than coming up with something that is similar. So when we talk about things, concepts, doctrines, beliefs, it, it helps to, under, to remind ourselves that we're only seeing the shadow of the reality. Like when we talk about spirit to say, okay, yeah, this is God, you know, God is spirit, he's eternal life, and this is who he is, this is what he does. We have such, we have just a glimpse of the truth of who he is and what he does. And to say this is where our true nature is now, spirit. You know, your spirit and God's spirit are one. And you and I in spirit are one. But we are still being separated from experiencing the spirit realm for our, I think, for our own benefit. I don't think we would be able to, it would blow our minds to see as God sees, to understand, to experience spirit realm in the state we're in now. So I think that's one of the reasons that God is always encouraging us to learn, to experience, to set that as a, a, a task, a goal, to be productive in that realm, that when he draws us, he doesn't drive us, he draws us to know him more, to know him better, not because there's going to be a penalty if we don't, but because there's something he's placed within us, just as he's placed something, I think, in the natural realm, that we be productive with our hands, that we, we are busy, we want to be uh, involved with our environment. Likewise, in the supernatural realm, we aren't. we desire to fill the void. And that void void in our soul in the soulical realm was created when our spirit was separated in adam and eve so since adam and eve everyone who's been born were born with that void for the soul to try to get its life its needs met there was nothing there it was a black hole So the soul, being productive, created its own need meter, something to meet its needs, something to make sense of that void, a barrier to both the void and and a prison to keep the self protected, the soul protected. But now, if you've been born again, you've been re-spirited, and there, that void is no longer there. Eternal life, the presence of God, the very being of God's Spirit, is there now, as God originally intended. So all your needs are now met just the other side. Of yourself so your soul hasn't changed your soul is still the gift that God gave you but your soul created that with that with a productive aspect of itself uh, that mirror image that statue that armor that those castle walls to protect itself and to get its own needs met protect itself from the void but the void is gone the void has now been completely filled and overwhelmed with spirit so now we can get our needs met perfectly so why doesn't God just do that why doesn't he just okay boom all your needs are met and, and your self is just unnecessary and wiped away and boom it's gone and then you know why again why doesn't he just as soon as he you know puts uh his spirit in us and heals our soul restores our soul to the right union with with spirit so we're one spirit soul and body why doesn't he just take us out why doesn't he just take us to be with him whatever's next and we've talked you know He's got his reasons. There's things that we're learning, experiencing, producing. You know, when you think about some of the the illustrations that are, again, in the New Testament, like um, uh, the fruit of the vine, how disappointed that, that Jesus was when he went to that fig tree, and the fig tree was supposed to be producing, and it wasn't producing anything. And he cursed it. Now we produce what's in us. We we bear fruit of what's in us, and that that fruit is produced as our soul receives life from spirit. It's not out of the effort of ourself. All this to say is that is what God looks for and has built us for is putting effort into knowing him effort into the process effort into learning how our abilities work effort into learning building relationships trial and error trying new things I think that's part of the the illustration that Paul used about the whole warfare When, back in his day, when you joined the military or were conscripted or enslaved, whatever, a variety of different ways of getting into the military, that was your life. And it could be your death. It was a total commitment. And then all your needs were met by those that had Taken you on as part of the military. But it was a total commitment, a total different way of life. You and I, very often, we just look at being a Christian or, you know, being in ministry or being a believer, even as we would like to learn about the supernatural realm, for instance, we're hesitant to put effort into it. There's, you know, even we've almost finished up talking about the the um, warfare, the concept of warfare. But we've talked a little bit about how there's risk involved. We're going to get hurt. We're going to be rejected. And sometimes we're going to be literally hurt. I mean, you know, look at the examples of, we see of, in, the, in the scriptures of, of those who said things that other people didn't like. And we, you know, we, okay, if, if, we, if we say God would do whatever you want, we all, you know, often assume, okay, it's, he's going to ask me to do something I don't want to do. And isn't that interesting that, that that's what we think God is all about, is not making, is keeping us from being happy. And yet, what is one of that that fruit, joy? Because the joy doesn't come from our position, our environment. It comes from the inside. It comes from bearing fruit because that eternal life is going through our soul and our body, filling every aspect of our soul and body. So knowing God the way that we truly do, want to, in our spirit, is going to take effort. And this is, in, in essence, can be counter to what some of us have been taught because some of us have been taught that all you need to do is have the right person pray for you or say the right thing or be the right thing be the right be in the right place at the right time or have read the bible enough or have given enough money or attended enough church services had enough people praying for you or you know found the, the right person to Call a, an anointing down. Anoint you with oil and declare this is God's will for you. We want it to be easy. We want it to be instant. And we want it to be understandable. We want our relationship with God and the working and learning of, his, of these abilities that we already have We want it to be under our control. But that control is, yes, it's part of our soul, but your soul has gotten used to doing it without spirit. And again, I think that that control is part of that work, that effort, that putting in uh, some element of, of risk and investment investing your soul in what God wants for you, in what your soul was meant to be, into what your soul was created and gifted to you to be. Again, part of what we have a tendency to do is just, okay, we're just going to hang in there, just do what everybody else does, and then when we die, we'll go to heaven and we'll be changed in, you know, the twinkling of an eye, and then we'll sit around we'll have all our questions answered then and then everything will be perfect. But again, why doesn't God do that now then? Because there's something valuable. And it's not out there. God doesn't need your help out there. God doesn't need your help in here. God doesn't need your help at all. I think that's one of the reasons he's restored your spirit. So your spirit, which is your spirit, which is who you are, your spirit is the one calling unto your soul to be restored. Come unto me so that we would be one in Christ. One in ourselves, spirit, soul, and body, and one in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Again, we have no idea what that will look like. The closest closest example, we have a little bit of example with Adam and Eve. And then we have Jesus, who was here for a purpose. Now his purpose was to be in the Father. His, the project he, he was sent for. You know, his only project was to bear the sins of the world, die on the cross, and be the Savior of all, all mankind. Everybody who's, who lived before, lived at that time, or has yet to be born. That was the project he was sent for, to be the Savior, the Son of God. Everything else was an extension the life of god himself his father flowing through his soul and into this world it was his can we say his solical tendencies it was what his spirit soul and body were meant to do we've talked before about how god's nature is love but he shows that love by giving and you can fill in the blank, giving what? Giving up himself, giving up his time, giving of that joy. And that's what Jesus was doing. He was being God. He was sharing with those around him, this is what God looks like. It was, he could have just been born, then waited for, you know, 33 years, and then died on the cross, and been resurrected, and that would have accomplished. You know, all he needed to do was say one speech, you know, and he would have been uh, caught by the uh, uh, soldiers and brought before Herod, etc., etc. He didn't have to spend all the time he spent with those disciples, and with the crowds of people, and... And teaching and healing and showing this is the nature of God, being Christ, being Jesus. He didn't have to do all that. But that's who he was. Spirit, soul, and body. He was one with God, with his Father. And one in himself. So, when we look at the the whole concept of warfare there's an effort there our, I think part of our our problem is that most of us are are not thinking in having having been exposed to what it's like to have be involved in warfare, so you know we go to to church and we you know are singing a um an aggressive warfare song and we oh, this is we're taking on the enemy and we're singing and we're you know praising and worshiping and praying and you know storming the gates of hell and doing whatever it is we think we're doing and we're thinking that's warfare and then we go home we go to lunch and we go about the rest of our week or until the next time we get together at church We we leave the warfare, we leave the work at the church door. And we all do this to some extent to, or another. You know, we, we kind of compartmentalize our lives. And we're going to start talking about seeing, instead of using warfare, a different example. But the goal is going to be to start looking at your life, that every single aspect of your life. We've talked so often about how God has arranged every part of your circumstance. Every There's no accidents in your life. You're exactly where it's best for you to be in your life. The history, the mistakes you've made, the things that have been done to you and for you and about you, that got you here, that's... they. They were all part of God's purpose and plan to accomplish in you what he wanted what He wants to accomplish, and when we say, "Well, this is Christianity over here, this is ministry over here, and then everything else I get to have control over, I get to decide what is what is holy, what is his you know his purpose for me what is his will rather than knowing him and having put in the work to know him and recognize that every circumstance is an opportunity every every day that every day looking at a day as a time zone has opportunity in it, has multiple opportunities in it, because there's always an overlap between spirit, soul, and body. We don't have to achieve a certain level of understanding or faith or anointing or age having read the Bible enough times or been to ministry school or being able to even, even to have a certain number of abilities functioning in your life. You don't have to wait for any of that to be experiencing God, to be what God created you to be. You're in process. I'm in process. We're all in process but we have a tendency to to restrict that process to special times because to extend that into the rest of our lives takes work takes effort and we all you know we all have we all have 24 hours a day and we are all they're always packed none of us i don't think many of us will are going to say i have too much time on my hands we always find something to do now we may spend that time unwisely and we may think well you know if i i need some i need to fill that time but when you look at these are this is the time you've been given 24 hours each day and we can look at the situation where the consequences, the circumstances, Lord, what do you want to teach me? In fact, that, that's your homework for the next week. Once a day at least, if not three times. Like every time you get out of a car, out of, whether you're driving to the grocery store, driving home from work, or driving from dropping off your kids. Every time you get out of your car, go, okay, I'm going into this next circumstance and I'm going to have my eyes open. I'm going to be available to you, God. Those that have eyes to see, everybody has eyes. Are we seeing? And that implies that there's something to see. The supernatural realm surrounds you right now. We, we, you know, open up all the time that God is with you and you're in him. You don't have to get his attention. The same way with the supernatural realm. That means angels, demons, if there's ghosts or aliens or any other critters that function in the supernatural realm, they're all right there. We, oh, It's all an overlap. There's, You don't have to... You know, take an escalator to get to the next level to be in the supernatural realm. You're in the supernatural realm right now. But your eyes don't see. Your ears don't hear. Your perception has not been trained because that takes work and effort and time. But that's what's important. You, what you're experiencing... That's what's important. God doesn't need your help out there. Now, he may use you to turn the world upside down. Great. He, he may put you in a situation where nobody ever knows that you can raise the dead. Fine. That's not the problem. That's not up to you. We use the example all the time. You're, you're having a meal with God. He says, pass the salt. You pass the salt. He says, go raise the dead. You go raise the dead. They're the same. It's all the same because it's what's being produced in you that matters. All these other challenges we have, opportunities, you know, all the abilities that that are in your soul, they're there not so you can, okay, become an excellent miracle worker. No, it's that in the process of becoming a miracle worker, you're healed, your soul is restored. you receive truth, you understand God, your relationship with Him is strengthened. You are conformed and transformed by the renewing of your mind. Oh, and yes, yeah, you can raise the dead. You can prophesy. You can do miracles. It's all one. But it takes effort. Don't look for a quick fix. Don't look for a quick answer. Don't look for a special anointing or somebody to, somebody to give you a special prayer. Now, we'll you know, also talk about the whole idea of laying on of hands and the whole concept of stirring up the, the uh, abilities that are within you. But you don't need to wait for anything. It's just like in the natural. You want to you know, you build muscle, you want to improve your balance, you exercise. You put the effort in. So, yeah, that's your homework. Have fun with it. Feel free to drop me a line and tell me how you're doing at Diane at org. We'll be getting back together again same time next week. Until then, thanks for tuning in. This has been, been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.